not only are you in a position where you can make more money, you're in a position where you can save money in self-serve, you're also in a position where the data can be used to drive significant strategic decisions. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Each Another, a podcast about designing for people and business. My name is Tom Cunningham, I'm a senior visual designer here at Each Another, and today I'm joined by two of my colleagues, one of our project managers, Peter Keane. Hi Tom. And one of our principal designers, Mr. Brian Heron. Hello. Welcome to the show, guys. Today we're going to be talking about customer experience and the, the single customer view. So Peter, you gave an internal talk to the team on this topic, and you had a couple of really good uh, points of friction with regards to customer experience and a couple of recent interactions. Yeah, Tom, so one of the worst things a customer can experience is that a company they have a service with really doesn't have a clue about them. Mm. And uh, we've all had experiences like this, and I've had a couple of them recently. One of my first experiences was with the utility where I moved house, and I was trying to get this service moved from my old to my new house. I rang them up and I thought that I'd had the issue resolved, but then nothing happened. I didn't get any email or no follow up phone call or anything like that. So I rang them up again and they knew nothing of the previous phone call, which I found really hard to understand. Was there not a, a record of this? So I went through the whole thing with them again, giving my, you know, my name, my date of birth, address, going through the whole problem that I was trying to resolve and thought this time it will it'll, it'll be solved and then it happened again i rang up again and again it seemed to have fallen down behind the proverbial radiator um so this time i escalated it and it was that the usual thing that you hear people saying can i talk to your manager please not not something that anyone likes to do to some poor customer service um, assistant on a, on a phone but it had to be done and I was assured again that it would be sorted out and I think I, I lost track but I think it was actually on the fourth count that this thing actually got resolved in the end and it was only through escalating it that it actually did get resolved and each time you rang you were have to give your new your details again yeah every single time it was name date of birth address explain the whole thing again which wasn't which was complicated enough but not that complicated because mm-hmm. I, I'm not the only person around who's moving house mm-hmm. um, so yeah really really frustrating experience yeah that's probably magnifying each time that you have to got it, you've got to explain it again yeah because when you put down the phone the first time you're thinking great I've that sorted it's knocked off the list don't have to worry about that again and then after a few weeks you're going what what What's the story with that thing? Is it being sorted out? So, yeah, just really frustrating. And and after it's happened the second time, you're kind of wondering, will it work this time? So by the third time, uh, you're getting frustrated. You're definitely going to be asking, can you speak to a manager? Mm-hmm. And like for a bit, for anyone running a business who has to, who has customers having to go that far, that's not an efficient use of anyone's time. What should have been done in my opinion in the background is simply recording what was going on um that customer rang that there was uh the phone call was at a certain time and a few bullet points on the nature of it but my sense was now obviously i couldn't see it but my sense was no there was nothing like that Mm -hmm. just back to the beginning every single time very frustrating Seems like a no-brainer just to capture that basic information, yeah. Uh, it does, yeah. It does seem like a no-brainer, and um, but what's going on 
under the hood is really important in companies because in the in the the good example I had with a bank, um, they've obviously thought about this. Like, there's a touch point, an a banking application, and through that touch point, we uh, communicate or with our with our customer, and they can do various things. But there was an awful lot of planning went into that so that the customer could have a seamless experience with their bank. Mm -hmm. Now, with the bank thing, I didn't actually, you know, this was all just generally my banking is all through an app. I think a lot of people these days it is through an app, but it's a huge amount of work goes on under the hood there. Mm -hmm. And the utility, somebody or somewhere along the line, the work just wasn't done on under the hood to tie this all together. What's interesting with the utility is that it was a greenfield company as well. So they had all the opportunity to set things up properly from the get go. Mm -hmm. Like the, there's no doubt about that. Where if you look at the bank, like this is a bank that's been around for ages. And as I said, working with legacy systems and trying to tie those all together, that is possible to do. It's painful, but it's possible to do. Mm -hmm. And the, the technology is all there to do that now and has been around for a long time. It's just a, a case of a company deciding this is how our experience with a customer is going to be. We are going to put in place the processes and the technology and the people and all that sort of thing so that we have this single customer view. It's going to be good for our customer and it's going to be good for our business as well. But that's a that's a strategic business decision that companies need to make to say this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And these are the steps we're going to take to actually get there. And from a business point of view, as you're mentioning, if there's four calls that you've had to make for the same utility, that's not very efficient and it's going to be you know the, the cost of actually just paying for the customer support answering the calls in the same matter over and over again yeah like one of the major costs for lots of companies who have customer support centers is their um customer agents it, it, it's a massive cost so obviously companies want to try and reduce that so yeah me calling them four times and being on the phone to them for i don't know 15 20 minutes at a time that's that's a huge cost and an unhappy customer would you know you run out of contract and you just think oh i'll just move to another supplier anyone else yeah <laughs> you'd have you'd have a look around yeah <laughs> if there was anyone else where in this case there wasn't yeah. there's a single <laughs> nobody utility will, nobody will know um so you mentioned the greenfield setup so a new entrant to the market a brand new company setting up and then their customer service failures as you went uh through the initial experiences trying to move a house so what's interesting about this is we we don't work with the company we have no real visibility on what their technical setup was they could have had a really advanced technical solution in the back end they could have been using some great crm some something that really provides the ability to have a great service a customer service offering uh Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but whatever has happened in the background, the data wasn't being recorded. So because it's a new company that's being set up, I wonder, did it have the tools in place, but not the systems and processes from a human end to be able to uh, facilitate the recording and the uh, resolution of the issues that were coming through? Um, you would imagine that could that be put down to teething problems with the company? Mm -hmm. uh, Either way, it's something that should have been uh, predicted. And in any event, you've ended up with a customer experience that really sucked. So whether you have the best tools in place, if you're not recording the data, you're failing your customers and ultimately you're failing the business because you're not being able to acquire the kind of data that you might like to have, which allow you to make business choices on the back of it. Yeah, Brian, they're interesting points. And interestingly, uh, a recent client of ours, they had similar data problems to what I would have seen in my experiences, but they took a strategic decision to sort this out and 
really work on the single customer view for the benefit of themselves, but also for the customer as well. So basically what had happened with them was that there had been acquisitions over the years. So all of a sudden they've got these data sets or databases from various different companies. They're all now the one company because they were they had been separate. What they want to do is provide a united front and show just one company. So they had to go through the pain of figuring out. So how do we tie all this stuff together? These are these are painful and messy projects and difficult decisions need to be made about data that can't be matched up with other data. Um, like we're all familiar with the likes of Apple IDs and Google Gmails. These, these are your unique identifiers and these are the things that tie up everyone's data sets. But if you're after acquiring companies where they've got some other data, how do you do all of that? Now, this stuff is all possible, but it can be really messy and it can be painful and you can have to make decisions that some of your data is just too dirty and you'll have to get rid of it. And that might affect some customers, but these are difficult decisions that customers sometimes have to make. The benefits, I think, outweigh the risks of actually going through the pain and coming to that point where you, you have that single customer view and your customer is a happier customer because they're not getting, let's say, communications from ostensibly the one company, but actually it's his because historically it used to be three companies. Mm. And so it's just, they're difficult things, but they're the right thing to do. Yeah. So it's, it's an investment in the business. It's an investment in, yeah, in the medium to long term future of any business. Yeah. And, and it is one of these things that comes along through. I, I, I think it can come along when you're a new company, like as Brian has mentioned there, you know, the CRM could have been done in this utility in the background, but for some reason there were problems. But it can also come around through acquisitions. Um, interestingly, there are newer companies that we're all familiar with, the likes of Intercom or the likes of Airbnb. There's no way they'd set themselves up to have to not have a, a single customer view. Like this would be very much at the heart of what they're doing. And so even to the point where Historically, companies are set up with uh, departments. You have your IT department and you have your marketing department. And more recently, you now have digital departments. Uh, essentially, these sorts of companies wouldn't set themselves up like that because like a lot of this stuff is sorted out through IT, but IT needs to be in the fold, not outside. And they, you don't want them being uh, a department that you have to go and ask cap in hand for, some, for something. They need to be part of the solution mm. to whatever problem it is you're trying to solve. And a lot of this stuff is solved through technical database uh, backend systems and all that sort of stuff. So they they very much need to be within the fold. And if you were setting up a new company now, I think you need to really think about, do you set it up in that historical siloed way? We see that all the time with clients of ours that uh, customers are set up in a very siloed way. Mm -hmm. New companies, they don't think like that. Can you morph a, a, a traditional company that's siloed into a whole new way? Really difficult to do, mm -hmm. but and it's probably more likely that you just have to find out better ways for your siloed departments to work together, especially in this whole digital era now when so much has gone digital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the examples you use there for intercom, I mean, this is their business, you know, the single customer view, making internet business more personal, basic mistakes that was made for, but with the utility company with you, you know, having to, you have to give your name, giving all the details back, back again. Um, so this is, that's obviously the basic stuff. Okay. So the single customer view will make sure that you don't, 
it's kind of a hygiene factor if nothing else but what are the opportunities of seeing a customer view above this it's like market segmentation stuff like that yeah like I think uh, certainly in the bank example the the opportunities are that the bank can see exactly what debt I have and what products I have and they can cross sell to me and they can upsell they can do all that sort of thing so for the bank that's great I mean look from a from a customer's point of view you don't really want to be sold debt but you know that's that's the way life is these days mortgages and from the business's point of view I think that's the benefit for them happy customers plus also the opportunity for the whole cross-sell and upsell side of things as well it's really easy to make an argument for a better customer experience and we want to get things done really fast and uh, we don't want to spend ages on the phone with uh, customer service reps if we can avoid it but I think we need to frame this uh, from a purity business point of view so when we look at the challenges business face uh, with converting legacy systems to something that can achieve a single customer view or something like it um, they need really good reasons to go about it um, so for me there's like maybe four to five kind of key points that you can raise Look, first is as Peter mentioned earlier it's the tailoring and customization of offers to the customer and what they're going to value so that is your cross-selling option what is this person going to value how can we offer them something more uh, and above our cookie cutter uh, initial propositions how can we give them the product that's really going to resonate with them um, the second thing is how can we lower cost to serve and then also speed to serve so with a single customer review you're actually able to start building technology where you can increase the kind of self-serve options that you can offer customers so increasing um, insurance for example the kind of mid-term transactions you might have like adding another driver can you get that to self-serve you can only do that uh, once you have a real understanding of what the customer is and your back end talks to each other and in speed to serve you know you're able to increase the uh, first time resolution so the first call gets resolved at the first point of contact if, if they have to get through to a call center obviously if you're doing things faster and more efficiently you're more likely to raise your level of customer satisfaction and that's an element I think you meant, mentioned of a trust uh, Peter that comes in there as well I think if you understand that your bank really understands you your trust goes up and if that's the case and trust is really important to bank satisfaction then your customer satisfaction goes up um, and finally, if you have really good data and if you understand how that data interrelates and how it's connected and how it's connected either by groups of businesses or groups of individuals like families, how they all work together, um, how the products are purchased, in what order, who's buying, well, then you can use that existing data to drive further business decisions. So not only are you in a position where you can make more money you're in a position where you can save money in self-serve you're also in a position where the data can be used to drive significant strategic decisions so they're like three areas that you might consider as vitally important to a business the trouble is getting them working requires a huge amount of time and often a lot of investment so it's a big capital expenditure and the risk is if if those three points don't come to fruition uh, then you've potentially got a bad investment Mm. But it's worth it if you can build up that trust and loyalty within your customer base. Yeah, but that's a big if, right? Uh, assuming that retention is going to be a cash cow over the long term. And we know from many, many, many of our clients that, you know, what actually really makes them money in the long term is long term clients with multiple policies or who continue to come back for uh, from multiple product buys, either in retail or in, uh, in financial services or any other uh, service business. The trouble is when you're in a business that relies on service over the long term, reliability becomes one of the key factors so customer service yes 
and you're experiencing pain points with the utility or you know you see some level of uh, customer experience that gives you satisfaction in terms of your banking but it's not the most important thing the most important thing is reliability that you can see your money and that you can make uh, the key transactions necessarily you, you'll, you'll discover that if your bank isn't reliable and your atms don't work and you can't log into your account that it's actually reliability that's the number one factor uh in that instance so if you look at introducing a single customer view and you're talking about ripping out all the stuff that you put in in the 1980s and you're going to replace it with brand new uh technology like that isn't that is a nightmare because the risk of it going wrong is so enormous uh, that uh, your business could collapse and fail on the back of it. You can see that those systems don't go down very often. Um, Ulster Bank is something that happened a few years ago. You can see uh, when, when, when a banking system falls over for 12 hours, it's national news, at least in Ireland and you know most places elsewhere, depending on the size of the bank. So the risk of installing new technology that allows you to do those three things I mentioned, sell better, um, uh, better service, and then strategic decisions, the risk of putting that in is absolutely enormous. And I think, um, so So we want a better experience. As designers, we want to be able to play with a better tool set, better APIs, so we can call in the data and, and make better decisions, offer better customer experience, offer new ways of doing things, do all those things that it should be able to do. But when you think of what the bank's priorities are in terms of their IT infrastructure, if it's not broke, you really have to question as to whether it's the right thing to do to fix it. Or how broke is it? Or how broke is it, yeah. This means that for those big, complex organizations with multiple products, um, uh, multiple accounts, multiple you know customers who might be linked, like married couples, for instance, they have some really big choices to make. And what most of them are doing is keeping the, the deep, dark, janky engine of the AS400 or whatever old IBM thing that they're running in the background and they're building layer upon layer of middleware on top of it to allow them to have these better controls. Um, so they're introducing CRMs like Salesforce or they're introducing no, new um, quotation engines or new front-end systems that will allow them to, to talk, generating APIs to beat the band so they can start to interact with their old data sets underneath, creating data lakes so that they're able to get that information quicker out of the uh, the deep, dark systems. But that requires an enormous amount of architecture and engineering uh, to get it working in the background. So, you know, when we talk about this idea of wanting to create a single customer view with really responsive customer service, with opportunities to do loads of extra fun stuff with product, the challenge for traditional legacy companies to make that leap is absolutely enormous yeah i think the challenge is enormous um and these are long-term projects but what needs to be what needs to be set out is a vision for where a company wants to get and then it could be a three to five year program of incremental work to actually get there now what's the first thing in terms of single customer view that would be a good thing to do how do we get there as as you've mentioned brian apis like you know they're to a penny these days you're 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 not a startup unless you've got an api these days but um i think the reason they've they've been around for yonks actually but the reason they've become ubiquitous in terms of us talking about them is because the traditional companies even are using them and to great effect like the banking app that i have guaranteed there's apis talking to as brian says as 400s in the background or whatever the whatever is running in legacy systems that could have been set up you know in the 70s even i don't know all i know is that i can look at it and go that's ah, all there for me great mm -hmm. and um one of the other things you mentioned there brian is about trust and i think this is one of the massive ones because one of the reasons companies maintain customers 
is a major amount of inertia from moving. Now, one of the uh, if if you have trust, you mightn't even think about it. I don't go around the place thinking, oh, I trust my bank. Um, well, we're in Ireland now, and it's a bit of an odd one. So, uh, because we had such problems with banks, but I don't go around the place thinking I trust my bank. M- maybe subconsciously, I do. In that, I'm not thinking, oh, I'll, I'll I'll move my bank this year. I'll get better rates somewhere else. Um, I just, it, it's not something I think about, but it's it's there in the background, the trust thing, and it's it's a really important one, and it comes about because. I can log in and as you say, you mentioned the word reliable there, I can reliably see that my money's there. I can reliably stick uh, my card into the ATM and get some cash out. And then if I check my thing in the afternoon, I can see, oh, it's 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 come out like, you know, so all, all the uh, all the bits are all tied up in the background. So I think trust is really important, that whole reliability thing. Um, and then, yeah, the retaining customers, you know, we know this and we know this from lots of our clients, like that's where uh, a vast amount of their revenue comes from, is from retaining customers and recurring customers. Um, and then the, that last thing is like the, these are programs of work and the other client I mentioned earlier where um, they're biting the bullet on moving towards a single customer view. They're not going to do it in three months or six months or a, or a year like this is going to be a three year incremental program of work with steps along the way to get to where they want to be. But somebody in that organization set a vision for that. They could see what we're currently doing is not sustainable. We're going to lose customers because of it. So this is what we need to do. And it's going to be whatever, three years to get there. I think I echo that point. I think one of the conundrums that uh, businesses face when we talk to them is that they're looking at choices. They're looking at, okay, well, we can rip out our entire entire IT infrastructure and replace it with something. And then after it's replaced, we can start to build new functionality on top of it. And that's going to take three years and it's an IT project. So it's going to take four years. Uh, and in some cases put the entire company under threat because of budget overruns. The other thing they can do is look at a paper paper process that they have and go, well, we could fix that in six months. So why don't we just do that? And they put another layer of uh, masking tape on on problems. And so most companies, that's what they're doing. They're, they're fixing that next system that's causing them pain internally, that's costing them money and costing, causing customer frustration. So they're, they're always in this really slow translation from um, you know paper to digital and then improving the digital process so it works the way it's intended with never really fixing underlying pro- problems. And the missing part is, as Peter said, is vision. So it's okay to make those choices between a three-year IT infrastructure program or a lick of paint uh, work on a, a digital problem if you know that it adds up to something, a, a longer-term impact that you're trying to create and a longer-term vision for the business because there are competitors that are coming through that are doing this really well and that are figuring out the complexities of traditional businesses mm-hmm. but doing it with a layer uh, of modern technology without the legacy technology debt and so they're able to respond more quickly uh, to changes in the market and to change their offering on, on really quickly um, so that they can uh, yeah, create products that people are really going to respond to and want. And, and you see these, when these companies get it right, it, they can see phenomenal uh, growth. I'm thinking off the top of my head, I don't have the figures in front of me, but uh, the a new 
insurance company Lemonade in the space of just under a year has captured almost 5% of the New York rental insurance market and it's only been in operation a year and you look at other companies like Liberty Mutual which around for 100 years they've captured about 15% or 12% of the market uh, and what's really interesting is that since January uh, Lemonade has acquired more than 25% of the first time policies uh, in New York so that means that more than a quarter of people who are choosing to buy rental insurance for the first time are buying it from Lemonade. So their trajectory of growth is only likely to increase, particularly because it's only been done a year, right? So they're working on systems and a way of dealing with customers that is just so much faster, so much cleaner, and so much quicker for their user base that the competition just can't offer anything close to it. They're they're offering instant payouts uh, on claims. Right, so they're using machine learning in the background to try and identify fraud risks or anything else. But if you need to claim a loss of a mobile phone or you got flooding in your apartment or whatever it is, you know, it's straight away. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the claim. You take some photographs of it, upload it through the app, and straight away the money's in your account. Right, that's it's unheard of. Yeah, it, yeah it, it, in and but when you think about it, right, that's what it should be. And I know that's a little off track on the single customer view, which is what we're talking about. Is like the internal company view of an understanding of the customer. But the companies that are getting this right uh, are are going to have the ability to offer these sort of programs to families, to businesses, and use those sort of collected data sets to offer better tailored products at better prices that are more easy to use. I don't think it's that off track because like ultimately what we're talking about here are the systems underneath that as a customer you don't need to know about you actually don't care about and uh, you, you, you 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 know they're they're just something that's happening under the hood whereas with this lemonade example they've had that opportunity they've had that greenfield opportunity to set it up from the get-go the more traditional companies yeah they struggle and they have to do this whole api thing and bubble stuff up through apis and go through all that pain so they have they have had that benefit and then my earlier example of the utility that was a new company and then didn't do it right and and that's why it was such a frustrating experience as well is that they had all the opportunity to do it correctly and we know um, there were huge consultancy fees in setting up this company as well. So you, 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 it boggles the mind that it just wasn't done properly from the get go. And then you hear of great examples like Lemonade where, you know, it was just done right from the beginning and with a real um, customer centric view and all about keeping the customer happy, like that thing about claims being paid straight off you know I've, I, I've never heard of that before that's wonderful but even the sign-up process for Lemonade is just frictionless you know and I think it's, that, it's those points of friction yeah. that you can accumulate and you know we've, we've mentioned before on previous podcasts but you, you can accumulate user debt who are people who are just at the point where they just need someone like Lemonade or even one of your competitors doing something a bit better and you're ready to, to move over so you made, Peter, you earlier you mentioned about your bank. Do I trust my bank or do I trust my utilities? Maybe it's not that you, you, you don't consciously think about that you trust them, but maybe there's ones that you don't trust. You know, so like I don't, I don't know, I no longer trust my, my, this utility. I'm going to move over. And that's the reason why. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you, yeah, when you have those bad experiences, my first thought is, right, if I'm not in contract, I just move. And if I am in contract, well, I'll just wait until I can get out of it and uh, move on in several months time or whatever absolutely great thanks very much for your time today guys thanks Tom cheers Tom for more information check out our website eachanother.com and if you haven't done so already subscribe to conversations with each another on iTunes Stitcher SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast from till next time